very funnily went up to him and said, oh, is Jermaine, is it? I thought it was very funny. He goes, you can call me JJ if you want. This so the whole game, evil. I'm there, JJ, JJ. I even shortened it to J at one point. I was like, yeah. well, I scored and he didn't, so. <laughs> OTB AM, live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. The News Round on Off The Ball. With Gilles. We don't just play the game, we change it. Gillette, made of what matters. This is News Talk. Welcome to Thursday Night's Off The Ball. It's Richie McCormick here with you until 10pm tonight on a very exclusive guest list on tonight's show. We'll have a chance to sit down with Olympic gold medalist Kelly Harrington as she opens up on Pete Taylor, her time in the army and her future in Irish boxing all uh, following the wake of the launch of her autobiography Kelly which is written in tandem as well with Roddy Doyle. Desi Hutchinson is going to join us after half past seven as well. That's ahead of Bally Gunner's crucial uh, opening of their defence of their Munster Club hurling title this weekend against Kilruan. And John Giles is going to join us for the duration of the football looking back, uh, football show even looking back on Liverpool's action both in the Premier League and in Europe this week. Uh, what's going on at Tottenham uh, too and what John makes of the impending World Cup in Qatar. That is all to come uh, between 9 and 10 tonight. If you want to get in contact as ever, you can give us a text 53106 for 30 cent. You can tweet us at Off The Ball. Delighted to say Willow Callahan joins me in studio for the news round. Good evening, William. Evening, Rich. Yeah, sporting royalty across the board between now and 10, isn't it? it? it like, that's a good guest list, isn't it? Yeah. Like That's one of those, if you're putting together a dream kind of uh, dinner party guest scenario type thing, you're going to pick Kelly Harrington. John Giles and Desi Hutchinson and nobody look at that list and go do you know what they feel out of place in any way and they'd all make you feel welcome there's good chats around that table as well that's a challenge for you between now and the end of the show but yes <laughs> well I don't I don't want to put myself uh, forward as a great rock on tour well, but you know yourself no, I think you're a, an amenable host uh, stop we'll find now. Out with a nice half hour. Uh, stop uh, this is just going to become me and you uh, plumossing each other and talking about Jeff Jarrett's return to AEW everyone will hate no doubt yeah Jeff Jarrett here we are 2022 Jeff Jarrett against Sting 1999 WCW welcome again smartest man in wrestling is uh, Double J uh, 53106 we're going to get in contact tonight uh, this news came in just before we went on air really uh, which was the surprise announcement that Gerard Piquet is retiring from football he's announced that against Almeria this week at the new Camp will be his final game uh, for his club uh, Piquet of course retired from international football four years ago so it's not as if he's going to be involved in the World Cup he's 35 now he played the full 90 against Plisson the other night so it's not as if uh, he's been laid up injured or anything like that he's only managed three starts for Barca uh, this season but it's really hard to think of somebody who's retired mid-season before Yeah we're trying to think of this you've had shock retirements before but oftentimes it's a player in American sport who knows the playoffs are gone and so therefore yeah. it's an announcement and I will have my last couple of games to finish this out and I'm gone at the end of the campaign. I wonder how much the World Cup has played into this with Pique in that their game against Almeria in the league is their last home game before the break for the World Cup. So yeah. at least the new camp is aware that this is Jerry Pique's last game before the weekend. Because if you watch the video, it has been tremendously carefully stage managed. Pique has oh, this, this has been put together. Company. Well, he does have a production company. I was just going to get into that. Like It's not as if he's shy of a few people with cameras and, and booms knocking around to put together something. So this has clearly been in the offing Some of this for was a shot while. midsummer. You can tell yeah. by the by some of the footage that's used of PK and uh, going to the new camp. And I'm pretty sure this is the same production company that made Danny Alves going away video and also the Anton Griezmann decision video, oh, which you might Lord. remember a few years ago when he eventually changed the end of it when he decided to stay at Atletico Madrid. He got PK and his production team in because he had decided to join Barcelona that season, then had a U-turn after the Europa League, decided to stay for one more year and they had to reshoot some extra footage to stick on the end. That was probably the most painful decision um, playing out publicly 
by the actual athlete that I can remember since LeBron, the Griezmann one. The Griezmann, but it was terrible. Like that, that was the, my main takeaway from all of that was th- th- it was a guy agonising over a decision when he could have just not put his agonising out there, kept it private and said, you know, I'm just going to stay at Atletico and saved everybody. Yeah. The production crew, uh, his teammates at Atletico Madrid, Diego Simeone, uh, Barcelona, who thought they were going to sign him at, in that, at that juncture. Could have saved everybody a lot of hassle and say, I'm, I'm, I'm staying. It felt tremendously self-indulgent, didn't oh, it? Oh, 100%. Like some of that footage could have been recycled when he eventually made the move the next year yeah. or just allow it to be deleted. But it felt like obviously Anton Griezmann wanted as much attention as he could possibly get. In this case, I mean, look, PK, it, it pulls at the heartstrings a little bit the video for ah, anyone who's watched it so far in that he's got footage of himself legitimately at like four and five years of age in his Barcelona jersey talking about this was his dream uh, running around to get autographs from some of the team in 1992 after they won the European Cup so you actually see him running up to Pep Guardiola and to Ronald Koeman to get their autographs after uh, they brought the Champions League trophy back and then obviously going all the way forward to what was a very trophy laden 14 years that he had after his return from Manchester United and he said at the end the echo to the start of the video that he will be back soon but the big question mark is Richie how yeah. much of the money that he's owed yeah. is he going to receive so him and Busquets are owed 105 million euro um, Busquets looks likely to go to Inter Miami next year are they leaving all that money on the table because Barcelona have told the press in Spain in the last hour that Pique's contract will be terminated as of the end of this weekend so they're able to sign somebody in January yeah but La Liga's <laughs> rules and financial fair play and Barcelona have been lobbying to get this changed because of, of their own situation yeah. they count the wages until the end of this season now Pique took a substantial pay cut and then pay freeze so he's yeah. owed deferred wages a bit like Frankie de Jong who we were talking about all summer about the money that he was owed but the two big ones are coming down the track Pique and Busquets and will they have to pay that 100 million to those two players at the end of this campaign if Busquets is to leave on a free transfer and if Pique's contract is to be terminated I'm watching the, the, I have the video open in front of me here um, and you're right about the you know the lot, lots of footage of young Pique being in and around uh, the club uh, as, as, as uh, you know and he's looking back at the footage himself but it's not as if like the, the club sprung this footage on him he's clearly had to vet this himself and go we'll use that We'll use that. Well, we'll you, use that. You're sitting down at a cinema screen at home watching footage of you playing football. That he's already clearly YouTube. chosen. Yeah, it's not as if his ma has picked out the footage and is like, oh, by the way, we're going to spring Jared's retirement on him. Uh, he doesn't know anything about this. Sit him down in front of the telly there and uh, we'll play like a kind of, do you remember this, Gerard? And show him the screen as like a six-year-old hanging around the camp now. The question though, Rich, depending on how this plays out, look, I'm sure PK is going to have to do a raft of interviews. He's controlled his own narrative here Absolutely, by yes. putting the video out. Yeah. But at the weekend, if he's asked about this, I'm sure the first question will be, Gerard, why now? Why not when Xavi told you at the start of the season you were fourth-choice centre-back and you weren't going to play? Because yeah. once they had signed Koundé and they had some more options at centre-back, it should have been fairly clear to PK that he wasn't going to play. On the Koundé thing from memory... They didn't get him registered for a few weeks, so they probably needed him to hang around long. I might be like, you know, mm. listen, I might be wrong on that. But, but I think Xavi said that he made it fairly clear to PK, you stay, you're not going to play a whole lot. Pretty much it said the same to Jordi Alba as well. And PK, OK, he got to play this week and he's played a bit with the injuries that they've had at centre-back in recent weeks. But uh, generally, if Christensen was around, if Eric Garcia was fit, if they hadn't had that injury that Araujo had to put him out for a month, PK may not have seen any game time or very minimal game time this season. It is a mad club. It sure is. Isn't it? Like, like it's just, it's ins- like it doesn't operate in the sense that I can remember any other uh, football club operating. It's just between pulling levers to guarantee themselves certain amount of cash and having to 
off like the old players money um, like usually that's the stuff that's like for clubs like Berry. Mm. who owe like two weeks wages to a bunch of players was like no we owe two players a hundred odd million quid but everything's fine to carry on yeah. I just sometimes you just have to stop and think what an absolute lunatic asylum that place is and you know the other weird part in theory electing a president every few years should mean that the continuity should be there from the club and so therefore any one president shouldn't be able to come in and do a huge amount of damage mm. and what's happened is Laporte has come in and blamed everything on Bartomeu and the previous regimes that were there since he left the first time but around But they've all done that like if you go yeah. back through the, uh, the I was reading Cruyff's uh, biography the Oka Kok one uh, always on the attack order in the year and like that stuff about Jose Luis Nunes coming in and saying oh the previous regime has done this and that and you know but like every and it's with every presidency, political or football or otherwise, like that's what happens. It's like the brand of the previous regime for all the yields. And I did wonder about that, you know, when they had their emergency vote that they had earlier this year yeah. for the members, because they had to approve these levers going through. Mm-hmm. You're kind of thinking, what choice did the members really have when they're being faced up with, all right, if you don't give away a huge amount of future earnings here, we might actually go to the wall. But that just speaks to how badly it was run up until that point. Like it's not that that's not the point to take issue with. It's the point that like you know how did they manage to squander millions upon millions upon millions upon millions? They didn't upon have millions. Them, they didn't have themselves by millions. when the Neymar money came in. That should have been a reset for them to be able to yeah, go right. Yeah, we're going to go yeah. with the club from here, and then you spend a hundred million plus on Coutinho, on Dembele, on Griezmann. Like it was probably the worst use of a transfer fee of all time, considering they got over two hundred million for Neymar, and then tried to give that money back to PSG in twenty nineteen. If you watched the yeah, yeah, documentary they were saying they were going to give him basically what the release clause was back so the PSG would have lost none of their money Come here we've got Kelly Harrington on the show later uh, what an interesting character she is uh, her book Kelly uh, co-written with Roddy Doyle he doesn't do many autobiographies but when he when he does he kind of picks the big ones uh, Roy Keane and Kelly Harrington and that's it so yeah. far that's that's not a bad short list to have uh, to your name if you're Roddy Doyle considering the fiction that he's obviously put his name to as well uh, th- th- there seems to be ongoing beef with the with the Taylor family the Taylor's there. definitely yeah I mean like there's been uh, the initial comments which were made in the book by Kelly then you had a response and now you've had Katie Taylor coming out yeah. and that's even Katie Taylor who's been estranged from Pete Taylor for quite some time is coming out defending her dad on I think it was an Instagram story he, uh, yeah, this he week. was a several part Instagram story where Pete Taylor took down what Kelly Harrington supposedly said in the book and I say supposedly because mm. from reading what he made of what was written and from what is actually written there does seem to be a slight disconnect like in one instance he says that Kelly Harrington uh, mentions in the book that Pete Taylor was in a position to say that you're not going to be on the Ireland team. And he says, I was never in a position to be selecting who was on the Ireland team. But if you read the book, there's enough wiggle room for uh, a bit of uh, ambiguity because he says, she says uh, that she sat down with Pete Taylor and one other coach and explained the situation. And they said, well, if this happens, then you mightn't be selected for Ireland again. And it's not saying that they're doing the selecting, but it's saying that there will be a selection issue down the line. It's not saying that he's making it, but he really went off on one the other day to to a degree that I wasn't expecting uh, on Instagram. And to see Katie Rowe in behind him as well has has certainly uh, made a statement. Yeah, well, particularly at that uh, 60 kg division, there's always been a lot of competitiveness. There's too bloody many of them. Yeah, about who's going to represent because... um, I was chatting to one of the boxers who will be competing at the Nationals in January just a few days ago at the weekend and she was pointing out that you could very well now have if Amy Broadhurst decides not to box at 60 she could well go to 66 so then Tina Desmond who's got a European medal could be dropping down to 66 you have the O'Rourke's at that weight class as well potentially Broadhurst being there you're going to have world and European champions up against each other at the Nationals a year and a bit out from the Olympics because the Olympic weights are so um, wide when it comes to the uh, women's boxing that Mm. no one wants to 
to go, say if they're walking at 68 or 69, up to box at 75, and very few can come down to 60. And if Amy Broadhurst, world-class operator, wants to come down to 60, Kelly Harrington is standing at that weight division, potentially going to her last Olympics. So yeah. 66 is going to be the weight class, I think, to watch when the Nationals roll around in the new year. Uh, the Kelly Harrington interview is coming up after 8 o'clock. John Giles in the football show between 9 and 10. Desi Hutchinson on the way uh, very shortly indeed. But the news round is brought to you with Gillette in association with Movember. Effortless shave, magnificent Mo. You can sign up or donate now. Movember.a. Tony in Kilkenny has texted us in a fluster saying, lads, enough talk about PK. We're not talking about, you know, Pat, as it were. Uh, he says, please give us the Irish team news in the rugby, please. William. All right. Okay. Just for Pat on this one. Uh, the Irish team for the November International against the world champion South Africa named this afternoon ahead of Saturday's game at the Aviva. Uh, Conor Murray set to earn his 100 international cap when he starts at Scrum Half with Jameson Gibson Park named on the bench. Murray is just one of five players in the starting team that started when the sides met at the same venue back in 2017. Tyke Furlong, Robbie Henshaw, Peter Manny, and Johnny Sexton were the other players to start against the box five years ago. Speaking after the announcement of the team this afternoon, head coach Andy Farrell said 33-year-old Munster Scrum Half Murray deserves a special moment this weekend. I'm, I'm in awe of these these people. Like, uh, you know, it's 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 pretty special because um, we all know that through a career to be able to get to that type of milestone of what it really does take. And I suppose when you're a coach or when you're a player, you you, you see all the ups and downs and you see all the pressures that come in from all sorts of different directions and you see. Everyone wants to move on to what they perceive to be the next best thing. I just think somebody who stands up to be counted time and time again uh, to get to a point like that, um, I'm, I'm in awe of it because, because the hardest thing is to stay at the top. You know, of course there's, there's ups and downs, but what, the, biggest, the biggest compliment that I could play, Connor, I mean, he's a legend of, of Irish rugby. Everyone knows that anyway. And the abilities that he's shown through the years are second to none. But the biggest compliment that I could give him is that uh, he is a top, top class bloke. You know, I, I don't know anyone who's got a bad word to say about him. You know, and we're all we're all obsessed with rugby. Um, but I suppose when it comes down to how he's managed himself throughout his career, um, you know, some, there's, there's some bigger things on the way as well, isn't there? And, uh, Amongst his peers, which which really matters to Connor, he is he is classed as a fantastic human being. Ulster's Robert Balakoon will line out on the wing. Gary Ringrose set to start at outside centre, Henshaw at inside centre. It'll be just Balakoon's third time in a senior Irish shirt. He was on the recent emerging tour in South Africa. The Enniskillen native spoke to the media today. He says the competition for places amongst the group is great, but he also feels that with the hard work he's put in, his chance will come. It's great to see you. I can, there's always boys... On, on people's heels and chirping away, so it's, it definitely drives, um, I suppose, standards in the in camp. And yeah, I suppose I know I know a lot of a lot of the boys now because I was in the immersion tour and I was with, and then I've been in camp as well. So I know that everyone is passionate to to play and everyone is biting at the heels to to try and get that opportunity. I'm I'm a pretty patient guy to be honest. Um, as when I got the injuries, yeah, it's disappointing, but. Um, I mean, I like I'd never be back, and was, my my main point was just trying to get back and trying to get be stronger. And um, yeah, I've had quite a few setbacks, but um, I've never really been downed on it. I've just been trying to get past that stage and then get back into um, being fit and healthy and as quickly as possible. 
There you go. That's Robert Balkun speaking ahead of uh, Saturday's test with the uh, <coughs> pardon me, with the Springboks. Much more from uh, Andy Farrell and indeed from Balakoon on the Rugby Daily podcast, which is available in your OTB rugby feed now, William. Who would be the host of that, Richard? Uh, that would be me. Ah, very good. Yeah. Yeah, of course, we, we have the game as well uh, between the New Zealand 15 and the Ireland 15 tomorrow. So maybe um, with Hugo Keenan in at fullback for his first game of the season, we get a chance to see uh, some of the players that are behind him in, what do they call it? The uh, is it, what's, What do they call that chart? The uh, depth, depth chart. chart. Yeah, we'll yeah. get to see where they are with uh, with Larry and Hume both starting tomorrow as well. Uh, meanwhile, in the Conference League at the moment, Shamrock Rovers now have got about 15 minutes left in the European season. They trail away to your garden by one goal to nil. Uh, that means that the Swedish side are on course to top the group uh, a very impressive 16 points in their 6 games if they close out this victory uh, Ghent at the moment who lead away from home against Molde in the other game in the group are set to go through in 2nd place so Ghent will have to play one of the teams coming down from the Champions League 3rd places in the next round while Jorgarden uh, would get or sorry from the Europa League they would yeah. get a basically a buy into oh, the next round yeah. of the competition and they'd come in at the round of 32 uh, Yeah also in a conference league action this evening West Ham are uh, basically completing and, and ticking a box against FCSB formerly known uh, of course as Stella Bucharest and uh, a decent chance as well for Connor Coventry to impress again he's been named in their midfield for the second European game running uh, has the Republic of Ireland under 21 midfielder so we'll keep tabs on how he does this evening too Will. Yeah uh, moving along nicely that team for uh, West Ham by the way they've gone with Ariola in goal Kufal, Johnson, Ogbonna and Agard are the back four then Lanzini, Coventry, Downs Scarls, and then you've got Fornals is going to support Omamba up front so that's the West Ham team to start away from home against FCSB and as you say West Ham finishing out their group. In the Europa League currently Manchester United are in action in San Sebastian against Real Sociedad they lead by one goal to nil with 15 minutes to go. Now that's not enough Richie for nope. them to top the group. They have to win by two clear goals if they're to finish ahead of the La Liga side in this one uh, United started the game incredibly well they got a very uh, well taken goal by the Argentinian youngster Alejandro Garmacho and a stat from our own Stephen Doyle here we go Garmacho when he was uh, he was given the assist by Cristiano Ronaldo tonight who Cristiano Ronaldo scored his first goal for Manchester United a year before Garnacho was born <sighs> And another grey hair just appeared in the beard. Yeah. Um, so there you go. Oh, we have uh, another club versus country thing coming here soon, by the way. I was looking on that West Ham bench and seeing if there was any more Irish interest. Oh. It was a very young bench, to be to be fair. Uh, Darren Randolph is on there. Uh, but they have a young player called Caelan Casey on the bench. Not Irish. Oh. But by God, there's got to be some in there's there. There's got to be some heritage yeah, there somewhere Let's keep tabs on him. Remember the name. Indeed. Uh, later on, then, you've got Arsenal, who are in good form. Uh, the Premier League leaders against FC Zurich at home in Group A at 8 o'clock. Arsenal need to win that game to be assured of winning the group because PSV have got a better result from the head-to-head. So PSV beat them 2-0 last week. Okay. Uh, so that keeps Arsenal honest going into this game. It's one of those of the permutations. We were watching um, Benfica last night where you know it looked like <laughs> PSG, PSG have done enough to win the group. Yeah. And next thing, uh, Benfica bang in six goals on top of the group. Yeah, they needed... Uh, I mentioned it last night at some stage. They needed like a four-goal swing in terms of uh, um, goal difference, etc. Uh, and it was just mad watching because they they knew what was complete opposite of what Marseille were the night before where Marseille didn't I was like oh do we score again do we need to score again what's going on uh, Benfica were like right we need to score six here if we're going to now that they've scored one uh, to get through and top the group and they've been mightily impressive and there's be a lot of teams and Liverpool are among the second seeds uh, for that last 16 draw on Monday that will be uh, hoping to avoid them because they good 
it was also one of those uh, credit to Benfica's backroom team for knowing exactly what they needed to oh, do yeah. because I had the UEFA website open to just double check how far we needed to go down the list to actually work out because there there was like identical it was like 16 scored 9 against whatever it was 7, seven plus 7 in the goal difference 2 one all draws yeah. you know yeah it was just completely identical so it was goal scored across the group that made the difference in the end uh, for Mikel Ocardo's side uh, Arsenal of course you need to uh, win to top the group to be assured of it if PSV were to get a result elsewhere they've got a big weekend coming up as well where they look to protect their two point lead at the summit of the Premier League speaking ahead of tonight's game Mikel Arteta says there's obviously pressure upon his squad but he says they're ready for their next two challenges well, first of all I don't have 22 outfield players <laughs> so I cannot play 11 11 that's the first thing and we haven't had that for the last five weeks and then you you look across Europe you know and, and teams are played are used to playing every three days and if you want to play at a big club you have to be able to do that consistently and uh, and still perform at the highest level obviously there are certain players that are more risk uh, certain positions that are more risky for us because we don't have the replacement to do that and uh, we are all aware of it but um, winning helps winning and if we play well on Thursday and we win it's going to help us as well for Sunday that's for sure Did nobody tell Mikel don't bang the desk I know don't don't see that's not we had this with Adrian Barry last week too on the crappy quiz which was a wonderful addition if you want to go back and yeah. have a look at it where he kept on both hitting the desk and making that sound and also he had his microphone pack on the desk right. and managed to keep on pulling the cord of the microphone cable which with me having to produce the show on Friday evening as well it was a killer to have to go back and edit all these things out there was somebody used to do the pay I can't remember who it was now at this stage Joe had to con- constantly tell them off stop can you stop just stop touching the desk stop touching because it was like well see the paper's difficult because you have your highlighters out and you're trying to get the best sections yeah. and you want to make sure you can make the best quotes and next thing you realise oh Joe was going to the mail on Sunday so I better get the mail on Sunday out and you get that horrible dun 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 <laughs> okay. uh, the most fashionable thing in the world right now is to uh, to miss the World Cup Will yeah well look this is the uh, consequence of the very short run in from the middle of the season into the World Cup itself Ben Chilwell uh, the latest player who's in doubt of missing the competition he had a suspected hamstring injury last night while playing for Chelsea against Dinamo Zagreb the England defender now faces a race to be fit for their opener against Durant on the 21st of November Timo Werner is definitely going to miss the tournament in Qatar due to an ankle issue it's been confirmed the former Chelsea forward was withdrawn in RB Leipzig's victory against Shakhtar last night Werner was part of the Germany squad at the 2018 World Cup and also at Euro 2020 uh, other notable players who are probably going to miss the World mm. Cup Kante and we were debating last night Sun Hyung-min is in a real race to be fit I, I just can't see it no. I just can't see because there's so much involved in like people kind of take for granted your face and your cheekbones and all that but if, like if it's broken and broken in a couple of places as is reported um, I just don't see how he gets patched up into like maybe it's a situation whereby they there's 20 it's 26 man squads isn't it so you've kind of got yeah. the bigger number you've to the wiggle play room with. where he's your by far star player Did yeah you include him and see if you get to the knockout see if you get to the second round um, but it's a big ask to have him be uh, on top form and it just shows the. F- I, know, I know Jamie Carragher made a big deal about this we'll talk to John Giles about it later on in the show too it just shows the absolute folly of front loading a load of games before a World Cup that's being played in November December like did it, now that it's on top of us I, I think we can kind of all see how mad it is but it just bears repeating over and over again and uh, I think it was Kieran Cunningham pointed out this is going to happen again yeah. it's going to be in Saudi Arabia sooner than we probably yeah, wanted to be and we're going to have this conversation all over again yeah, looking forward to that already. I yeah. mean, it's one of those things as well where you've only got one week of a camp before you travel to. I really wonder what kind of state the inter- some of the teams are going to be in when they arrive for the first round of fixtures. Yeah. And I think in Brazil's case, they're arriving in Qatar the day before their first game. They're using Italy as a base and then travelling over. So. 
Let's see where teams are at when yeah. the tournament actually starts. Meanwhile, the Republic of Ireland women's team will play at Morocco in a friendly uh, upcoming on November the 14th. The game, which will take place in Marbella, will form part of an eight-day training camp. A behind-closed-doors match between the sides will also be held earlier in the week. Manager Vera Powell says it wasn't possible to find a suitable opponent to facilitate a home fixture. Probably all eyes on the international window next March to see who Ireland are going to play before the World Cup. Uh, UEFA has confirmed its intention as well, Rich, to launch a Women's Nations League tournament. It's envisioned the new competition will begin in the autumn of next year. Countries will be divided into a three-tier league system based on their ranking with promotion and relegation at the end of each campaign. The competition will be linked to qualifying for the World Cup and European Championship. I saw saw essentially this is going to make qualifying for tournaments harder for Ireland, notionally. It should do. I mean, Europe is far more stacked and also I wonder about the benefit where Ireland were able to pick and choose some of the internationals that they played. Sure. Like, I think back to the Australian one, which felt like a genuine um, changing moment within Ireland's fortunes, Did, where they yeah, couldn't yeah. buy a win, then they win. Um, in this case, they could be playing some of the top teams in Europe, which would be quite difficult. Uh, sh- finally, we'll wrap with uh, Seamus Power back in action. Uh, these can a, l- a lot of sun considering the outposts that they're going to. He was in Bermuda last week, and now he's in Cancun. Yeah, not bad. He won the Bermuda Championship, of course, on Sunday. Shot a 400 power first round of 67 at the Worldwide Technology Championship on the PGA Tour early in the new season. It leaves the Waterford native in a tie for 15th place. He is five shots off the lead, which is held by the American Will Gordon, and he is one clear of the chasing pack on nine under par. Uh, thank you, Will. I'm sure you can check out uh, Golf Weekly if you're into that kind of thing. I won't judge you if you are. This is a judge-free uh, space here in the news round, uh, but if you are into, you know, golf nerdsdom, that's your, that's you, that's you, and it's uh, in the Golf Weekly feed you can check it out online Uh, Will thank you for that Uh, we're going to have Kelly Harrington up after 8 o'clock we're going to have the football show with John Giles as well Uh, and we're going to have Desi Hutchinson The News Round on Off The Ball with Gillette we don't just play the game we change it Gillette made of what matters this is News Talk